0: funny, but one of the things about Jesus is that people didn't really understand him, get him. In part, it's because he spoke in riddles. But there's another side to this misunderstanding. He wasn't what they expected him to be. Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond. Great to be with you again. Today we're going to be taking a look at Jesus. This Jesus of Christmas from a different perspective. And do stick with me because very soon I'll be telling you about my latest life application booklet. It's called The Shepherd Heart of God and I'd love to send you a free copy to help you experience firsthand the enormity of God's love for you. In these weeks heading towards Christmas I've been doing a bit of reminiscing, looking back to the Christmases of my childhood. And for me there there were some really special times and none more so than those weeks leading up to Christmas. With that that excruciating sense of anticipation, every fibre of my being focused on that instant when we'd run into the lounge room and unwrap the presents under the Christmas tree. Of course, as we grew older, my sister and I, we became a lot more adept at throwing out hints to our parents of what we wanted. A fishing rod, or a bike, or a slot car set, or a transistor radio. That was top shelf stuff. Part of that sense of anticipation of Christmas was about having a picture in my mind's eye of that one thing that I really wanted this year. Sometimes we got what we expected and other times we didn't. Funny like that at Christmas, you never know what you're going to get. And Christmas really, truly is a surprise package. It was on the very first Christmas, that very first Christmas present. There were great expectations of a Messiah. And God had some great expectations too, but nobody really expected what God was about to do. Israel's history over the centuries leading up to that first Christmas had the most incredible ups and downs, the the miraculous delivery of Israel out of slavery in Egypt under Moses, the parting of the Red Sea, 40 years in the wilderness, finally crossing over the Jordan into the promised land, the land that that God had promised to Abraham centuries before. And then this up and down relationship between Israel and God. Sometimes they honoured him, but other times they didn't. and Ultimately, God lost patience with them, and he allowed the Babylonians to come and and take what was left of them into exile. And after that, except for a brief period of 100 years or so, Israel was an occupied land from from that time on, in the 6th century before Christ, right through until 1948, two and a half thousand years. The Persians, the Greeks, and then finally in the years leading up to that first Christmas, the Roman Empire. What the blazes happened to God's promises? Promises of of the promised land, a land full of milk and honey. It it was confusing. It was painful. What what had happened to God? And so Israel was expecting a saviour, a messiah, a king, to save them from all this stuff, to set things back to the way that they were, the way that they were meant to be. Come on, God, get to it. We want you to send us a king like, like David to kick the Romans out of this place. You know, I just wonder whether sometimes that's not what we expect of God. To do something that we can understand on our terms. To do something tangible that makes sense to us. When we're going through difficult times, we look at God and think, all right God, just show up and do your stuff. Wave the wand, make it all better, pay off my credit cards, put food on the table, heal me, whatever it is... We have this expectation of God to do, well, come on God, just deliver. And these people, these Israelites, in the, in the time leading up to the birth of Christ, they wanted a Davidic warrior king to free the land from Roman rule. And you know, that entirely makes sense from where they sat. Let me ask you, what are your expectations of God? What, what do you think he should be like? Which enemies do you want him to knock over for you? But what Israel got was Jesus. Jesus comes along, God's son, the Messiah. And what a disappointment he ends up being to the nation of Israel. Born in a stable, a carpenter in Nazareth, and then, then instead of raising up an army and kicking some Roman heads, he comes out with stuff like, love your enemy, turn the other cheek, don't judge other people, blessed are the meek. For goodness sakes, surely, surely that can't be the Messiah that we're looking for, can it? And the crowd saw all Jesus did and, and they wanted to turn him into the Messiah that they wanted him to be. You can read about it. John chapter 6, verse 14, it says this. After the people saw all the miraculous signs that Jesus did, they began to say, surely this is the prophet who has come into the world. Jesus, knowing what they intended for him to be, to make him king by force, withdrew again to the mountain by himself. So they wanted to put Jesus in their box. They wanted him to be the king and the prophet that they wanted him to be. They wanted God to do things on their terms. And yet Jesus, Jesus wouldn't have any part of that. Something amazing, you know, with the whole Roman rule and the corrupt kings and all the oppression that was going on in Israel during the first century, Jesus almost never spoke into the geopolitical situation of his day. In fact, the only time he did was when other people asked him about it. He wasn't a lobbyist. He wasn't a political agitator. He didn't run for office or raise up an army. He came with a specific purpose in mind. He wouldn't be distracted. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because God has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, release for the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Jesus came to build his kingdom in a way that nobody expected. He came to build the kingdom of heaven in the hearts of men and women and children. He came to change their hearts and bring them back to God and to lay down his life on that cross so that you and I could have eternal life. Jesus was so not what they expected. From the moment he was born in that drafty, smelly stable, instead of a palace. From the time he lived as a humble carpenter's son in an out-of-the-way place called Nazareth to the time he began to teach and proclaim the year of God's favour, Jesus just wasn't what they expected him to be. And ultimately, Israel rejected him. They crucified him and, and put a sign up to mock him over the top of his head, King of the Jews. Yeah, right to this day. He's rejected by most of his own people. There's a choice for each one of us. Maybe this baby in the manger isn't what we expected God to be. Maybe as we look at Christmas on God's terms, it's not the way we would have liked it to be. But what if it's so much better than the Christmas that we would ever have constructed? What if this Saviour, this Messiah is so much better than than the God that we would construct in our mind and on our terms. What if Christmas, this Christmas that God created, is God's invitation to something, well, unexpected, a life better than we could ever have dreamed? See, that's the challenge for Christmas. Christmas, if you and I had done it, we wouldn't have done it God's way. But God did do it God's way. Because... He was trying to make a point. God is not what we expect. God never does it on our terms. But what he does on his terms, is always so better. The love that God has for you, whatever you have going on in your life at the moment, however challenging things may be, is something that words can't describe. And sadly, all too often, we can completely lose sight of the enormity of that love, His love. That's why I'd love to send you a free copy of my latest life application booklet, The Shepherd Heart of God, at this special time of the year. Because God's Word, man, God's Word is alive and active. Amen? So I'm praying that He'll help you to experience the enormity of His love for you through this booklet. You can request your free copy right now. Just stop by at ChristianityWorks.com or give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415 and we'll send it straight out to you in the post. Again, that's ChristianityWorks.com or 1-300-722-415. Hey, thank you so much for joining me. I'm Bernie Diamond, and I'll catch you again same time tomorrow with a different perspective.